This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Subscribe with iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. And if you enjoy what you hear, like us on Facebook. Also, consider throwing a little cash our way by visiting patreon.com slash koreafm. And find more of our great content on our home on the web, koreafm.net. Since its creation at Rutgers University in New Jersey in 1991, 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence has become an international campaign to challenge and stop violence against women and girls. Now in 2016, the United Nations Secretary General strongly emphasizes the need for sustainable financing towards the fulfillment of the 2013 Agenda for Sustainable Development with the slogan, Orange the World, Raise Money to End Violence Against Women and Girls. As it does every year, the campaign kicked off around the world on November 25th, the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women, and will run through the International Human Rights Day on December 10th. On Friday, November 25th, I attended a special event here in Melbourne to both commemorate the opening day of the 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence campaign and bring attention to past crimes against women in the hopes that spreading knowledge about past wrongdoings can help prevent further violence against women in the future. So my name is Lily and my Korean name is Yena Hong. Um, previously I was in Singapore for four years but now I'm in Melbourne to study my master's course here. And tonight this event, we're here in the CBD of Melbourne, it's a, it's a mixture of uh, kind of Korean music, Korean culture and also issues that uh, you're very interested in, something that you've decided to spend your time to promote and try to educate people on. So could you talk about that? Today's um, start day of 16 days of activism, which is a UN woman designated. And also today is an international day for eliminations of violence against women and girls. So comfort women can be discussed in the similar context as well. So I, want, I, want, I just want to bring the comfort women issues on the same day. I recently just came here to Melbourne, but I've actually been living in South Korea for the past three years as a reporter in the capital in Seoul. So I've done some different reports on comfort women. I've been to the House of Sharing. Uh, I've spoken with a a survivor. Uh, um, There's not many nowadays. As they're getting older, many of them are passing away. So it's very... it's very special for me to be able to go to the House of Sharing and, and speak to this woman. Um, so could you kind of describe what is Comfort Women um, to someone who might not be as familiar with it as yourself as, as a South Korean woman? Basically, Comfort Women are the women who are sexually abused during the uh, World War II by the Japanese armed forces. Um, it is really sensitive issues to bring up the issues in Korea and at the same time in Japan because... Um, more related to political issues. So what I want to do in Melbourne is um, bring up the issues based on human rights frame rather than political frames. Because as you mentioned, there's very little, uh, few comfort women survivors nowadays. So I thought it would be good to remember comfort women together and have a peace monument which uh, symbolizes comfort women in Melbourne as well. So Melbourne is a multi-dynamic, um, multicultural cities. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to bring up the issues on the particular day, like today, 
um, organizing events so everyone can participate and like free talk freely talk about the issues together so I have volunteered at the Amnesty Pop Culture Network which is a um, social movement organizations but focusing on the pop culture at the same times and also obviously Korean music, Korean people, you know, all sort of Korean culture related. And at the same time, we can bring up the human rights issues together. So, which is fun for a good project. Yeah, I will say fun for good. Let's have a fun for good. Several guest speakers spoke to the standing room only crowd gathered at the Melbourne nightclub hosting the event including activists involved in the Comfort Women campaigns here in Melbourne. Our first speech for the night, uh, Anna Song. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Anna, Jeanette? So she's the author of an article that is called The Task of an Activist, Imagine Communities and the Comfort Women Campaigns in Australia. Anna, uh, it'd be great if you can come up and have a chat to us. Um, so I used to volunteer with Amnesty in 2003 and Amnesty published its report on the so-called comfort women in 2006. Um, that's when I became quite actively involved in campaigning with the survivors. Um, the report that they published um, in 2005 was titled Still Waiting for Justice After 60 Years. Um, now, of course, it's been over 10 years since that report, uh, which means over seven years, 70 years, sorry, of waiting for justice for the survivors. I got to campaign with four survivors, um, Jen Rafoher, who lives in Adelaide, Chang Jom Dolhalmoni, who since passed away, Kiroan Oakhalmoni and Iyong Sehalmoni, who are both in Korea, and I got to support them as they went to the US Congress in Washington DC and go and meet Australian politicians in parliaments around Australia and so forth. Um, and they taught me so much. Campaigning with them really did change my life. Um, they taught me about courage and strength. Uh, they taught me about forgiveness. Uh, they taught me also about suffering and loss and trauma. Um, but most of all, I think they taught me about dignity um, of women, of victims of violence, and hope that they still have. So tonight, I'd like to talk about the power of women's stories in the context of violence against women. The so-called comfort women issue refers to a government-sanctioned military sexual slavery system by the then Japanese government that's estimated to have affected around 200,000 women during World War II in the Asia Pacific. So just to put that in context, that's talking about something that's happened in the 1930s to 1945, when in the public discourse, uh, sexual violence, rape, uh, military sexual slavery, women's rights as human rights, those ideas were really not yet introduced. They were not part of the vocabulary. Um, so if you imagine um, these victims, these women, a lot of them were actually girls. They were taken away 
during their early to mid-teens, and they suffered horrific amount of violence. Um, and that really did uh, traumatize them, and not having the popular or the public understanding of what happened to them because these concepts of human rights were yet to be introduced, it carried uh, a sense of shame. They didn't have the language to speak about them, they didn't have a voice, but most of all, being a victim of sexual violence at that time during war created a horrendous amount of shame which silenced them for a very, very long time. But all that changed when one brave woman, Kim Haksun Haimoni in South Korea, um, broke that silence and spoke out about her experience in 1991. And that, in fact, started this incredible movement around the Asia Pacific where women who've been victim to this system came out literally in hundreds to tell their story. So this gave the so-called comfortment survivors, like Jane Rafferhorn, who lives in Adelaide, more purpose in speaking out about their own experiences. For Jen specifically, it, only not, it gave her not only the reason to support the Korean survivors who were telling their stories, but Jen was quite uh, driven, I think, to break the circle of violence and impunity when it came to violence against women, which shames the victims. Um, and when the cycle of violence continues and it's not addressed, there is an impunity against creating or committing that violence against women. And sometimes that seeks to blame the victims for what happened. And it seeks to normalize this kind of violence against women. So the so-called conflict women survivors were telling their story and giving truth to what happens in these situations and really wanted to break that cycle and do what they can so that more women don't have to be victimized, they don't have to be blamed, they don't have to suffer in silence. Sometimes I hear questions like, is this issue that happened over 70 years ago still relevant? Unfortunately, this issue is still relevant because we still see violence against women and sexual slavery of women during conflict continues to occur as well. Only a few months ago, uh, another brave woman called Nadia Morad spoke at the United Nations. She told the world of her story, the horror that she experienced as a sex slave under ISIS from which she escaped. I focus on the listening and the remembering of their stories. I think by listening, we become custodians of their stories. And all of you here tonight, in taking time to listen to me and to look through the materials, I think you now have a chance to become custodians of their stories as well. But we also have a role to play. And that role is to become aware to remember and do what we can to prevent violence from ever happening again. Because I think this would be the greatest way for all of us to restore the dignity 
of the victim. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Anna. Amnesty International also spoke about its efforts to involve more young Australians in comfort women and other human rights issues. My name's Anna, this is Alex, and yeah, we're part of the Amnesty Pop Culture Network group, which started about a year and a bit ago. We're just part of a volunteer group from Amnesty International. And so we started because we thought that the millennials, like our current generation, that are interested in human rights are also really interested in pop culture. So we thought it'd be really interesting to combine the two and kind of like bring human rights and all that important stuff into pop culture events. So we created the Amnesty Pop Culture Network and we just kind of raise awareness of human rights issues and just do what Amnesty International does but in a pop culture setting, which we think has raised a lot of awareness. And finally, while the Fun for Good fundraising and awareness event for Comfort Women is now over, activism on this subject will continue here in Melbourne and other areas of Australia. And I asked event organizer Yana Hong what it has been like discussing this issue here in Melbourne. Here people might not have ever heard about this. So what's yeah. that been like for you trying to explain this to people? Okay, that is really um, hard to say at the moment, but I will just briefly say to you. Um, so there have been like one comfort woman, um, Australian Dutch comfort woman in Australia. And um, uh, what I want to do is not focusing on mainly like cultural like this is a korean comfort woman everyone should know about my culture issues not not about that it is more like um human rights issues that everyone should be aware of so that is like a main point and after that there's a movement for peace monuments because like comfort woman is already old so they're gonna die soon but if you have like the comfort women uh, related symbolic statues in everywhere, then like old people look at it and they remember what happened and then can prevent like this shouldn't be happening again in the future and in the current society. Because not just about the comfort women issues, all the women's not just like like many people easily targeted as um, like sexually abused like refugee women, all sort of things. So I thought it could be related together and then it is important to raise an issue about this. I'm Chance Dorland for KoreaFM.net. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net.